0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman and welcome to the August 2022 CT is us quiz. I can't believe it's August already. Boy, this year is going fast. Anyway, hope you're having a pleasant summer with all the craziness and let's take a look at 10 cases and see how you guys are doing. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, if you look at the pancreas, you see the pancreas is diffuse fatty infiltrated. But not only is it fatty infiltrated, but you notice the pancreatic volume, the shape of the pancreas is maintained because you can see the stomach and the small bowel. Now, if you had chronic pancreatitis, the pancreas is atrophic, often you'll see calcifications. If you have acute pancreatitis, the pancreas is edematous. But in both cases, you would see pancreas. Here, I don't see pancreatic tissue. Diabetes will give you fatty infiltration of the gland, but typically the gland will be atrophic. When you have total replacement of the gland by fat, it's a classic appearance of cystic fibrosis. Just a beautiful example of CF. You also notice in this case a prominent caudate lobe. This patient also has cirrhosis of the liver due to impaction in the biliary tubules in this patient with CF. The most likely diagnosis in this case And this is a very straightforward case, but every once in a while, I just want to discuss straightforward cases. Patient has a large left renal mass, it's hypervascular, there's central necrosis. Now, papillary renal cells are typically not vascular. They can be large, but they're not vascular. Average attenuation is under 90 Hounsfield units. Here, this is reaching above 150. That's consistent with a clear cell, which in fact, this ends up being. One of the things that we're learning from radiomics is that when clear cells have central necrosis, those tumors are often more aggressive and often respond poorly to patient's chemotherapy. So one of the things I could tell the clinician here, not only is this likely a clear cell, but it's probably aggressive clear cell. Lymphomas tend to be solid. You can have solid mass in the kidney. You often see peri or pararenal extension. It often can be bilateral. It often can be multiple. So this is not the appearance of lymphoma. And METS to the kidney, METS to the kidney most common occur from METS from the contralateral kidney, and usually the smaller lesions, so I don't like that as a diagnosis. This was a clear cell, renal cell carcinoma. The most likely diagnosis of this incidental finding is, well, there is a hiatal hernia, but that's not one of the choices. Look at the patient's left atrium, there's a filling defect. The location near the left atrial wall by the right atrium is a wonderful location for atrial myxoma. Sometimes it's a challenge defining what's a myxoma and what's a thrombus. We typically see thrombus in the right atrium near where a catheter was or in the left atrial appendage. Metastasis to the right atrium are pretty rare. When you have them, it's usually extension along the pulmonary vein from tumor in the lung. A sarcoma, sarcomas occur in the heart, They're pretty rare, but they're more aggressive looking. This is the most common cardiac tumor. It's an atrial myxoma, just a very nice example. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, and this is one of those cases where if you've seen it before, you know the answer. If you haven't seen it, you'll never get it right. If you look at the enhancements, you see the patient's left ventricle, you see left atrium. Then you see an outpouching from the left atrium into the right atrium. It's not a filling defect, so it's not an atrial myxoma. It's not an interarterial communication like AV shunting. Then you would see contrast irregular, not this smooth outpouching. It's not flow related by any means. This is a classic example of an atrial septal aneurysm, usually treated conservatively. A beautiful example an outpouching of the left atrium pushing into the patient's right atrium. Very nice example. It's interesting that atrial septal aneurysms, it's bulging of the ovalis, 10 to 15 millimeters beyond the tissue of the intraatrial septum. It's associated with PFO in the majority of cases. If unfilled uh, with opacified blood, uh, then it can mimic an intracardiac mass. It's interesting, it's a rare but well localized sacular deformity of the atrial septum, Again, it's something we see occasionally on CT, but it's very important to recognize. Uh, The initial CT descriptions only were in 2006. So something very important to recognize so you don't confuse it with other pathology. The least likely diagnosis in this case, what I see on the axials and on the 3D axials with volume rendering is a complex cystic lesion of the spleen with septations. There's no solid component. There's no enhancement. Lymphoma would be more solid, not so cystic. Hemangiomas typically are vascular, not so cystic. And hamartomas are typically more solid. But again, you know, hemangiomas and hamartomas can be somewhat cystic. But the one thing this can't be is lymphoma. I've never seen a lymphoma so cystic. In fact, what this is is... Cystic lesion, septations, you want to be thinking lymphangioma, and this was a splenic lymphangioma, but the least likely thing would have been a lymphoma. In this patient with right upper quadrant pain, the lesion in the antrum of the stomach was. You see a one centimeter or so lesion on the axials, but particularly well in the coronal. It could be like a polypoid lesion, like an adenoma. That's a possibility. It doesn't really look like an ulcer, and it doesn't look like focal inflammation. Other things you can see in the stomach in that location are heterotopic pancreas. Often heterotopic pancreas will enhance, but it's not always enhancing much. And it's most common in the duodenum as well as in the antrum of the stomach. And this was a great example of heterotopic pancreas. Again, it's a great mimicker because you would put that in the differential perhaps, but you would still need endoscopy to make sure the lesion wasn't something else. Great case. The most likely diagnosis in this patient with weight loss is, well, you look and you look at the stomach and you say, oh my goodness, the stomach is markedly thickened. When it's that thickened, my first thought is lymphoma. It's just too bulky for adenocarcinoma. Just tumors are eccentric and there surely is not gastritis. What you also see in this case are large pericardiac nodes. There's ascites, there's also large nodes in the celiac axis region. When you have a gastric mass with bulky nodes, Or a gastric mass with pericardiac nodes i'm always thinking about lymphoma and this indeed is an excellent example of gastric lymphoma the least likely diagnosis in this case is and this is difficult to do with two images but you see a large bulky mass in a patient who was referred actually to a pancreatic cancer conference for a pancreatic cancer but you'll notice there's no significant duct dilatation in the liver And it's kind of a little bit eccentric for what would typically be a pancreatic mass. And pancreatic adenocarcinoma is usually not this large. I guess you could think about a neuroendocrine pancreatic tumor, though they're usually vascular, but maybe this is one of those relatively not very vascular lesions. This could be lymphoma, right? Big bulky nodes in the peripancreatic region. It could be a GIST tumor. I've showed you a number of GIST tumors which simulate pancreatic cancers, and they're very large, and you don't think about that it's coming from duodenum. That's a good thought. And melanoma can involve the duodenum and peripancreatic region with bulky tumor and adenopathy. The one thing this is not gonna be is a pancreatic adenocarcinoma, so that's the least likely diagnosis. In fact, this was metastatic melanoma. I've now seen probably a half dozen cases with large bulky tumors in the peripancreatic region, possibly involving duodenum, which were melanoma. It's interesting, in many of the cases, the patient was not known to have melanoma, so it's not always the easiest of diagnosis to make. The most likely diagnosis in this case, axial and coronal views, you're seeing a mass involving small bowel in the right lower quadrant, there's nodes in the mesentery, there's also masses in the left lower quadrant. So what could this be? Adenocarcinoma, small bowel tumors, any of those lesions could be adenocarcinoma. The bulky adenopathy is uncommon, but also adenocarcinoma usually involves a single loop of bowel, so that's uncommon. GIST tumors also tend to be exophytic, not this differential uh, infiltration. Also, GIST tumors tend to be solitary. This is surely not Crohn's disease. The differential diagnosis would be lymphoma, versus melanoma. Remember, metastatic melanoma, small bowel, often multiple lesions. Lymphoma can be multiple. Lymphoma, as well as melanoma, can have bulky adenopathy. And in many ways, lymphoma and melanoma can mirror the appearance of each other. Since the only choice here is a metastatic melanoma, that indeed is the correct answer. The most likely diagnosis in this case, very nice classic example, hypervascular mass in the patient's right adrenal gland. You can see it on the axial or on the coronal MIP. In theory, if the patient had renal cell carcinoma, it could be metastatic renal cell. It's surely not an adenoma, and it's surely not lymphoma. Lymphoma of the adrenal is usually bilateral, but it's hypovascular. Here, this hypervascular lesion, and the kidneys are there. My best bet is pheochromocytoma, and this was a classic pheochromocytoma. So with that, I've given you 10 cases. We're in the dog days of August. I hope you're having a great summer. September is approaching and kids will be going back to school. Our fellows are in their second month. And I hope you guys are doing well. And with that, have a great day.